0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good night. I'm your host, Adrian Conway, and this is an episode of Rise and Pod. Today, we are getting into the programming breakdown of the 2023 Noble CrossFit Games. Um, As many of you know, I was there. Uh, I got an opportunity to feel or, or field Um, a a few roles, uh, which was fantastic. I was initially hired, um, to go be an analyst slash reporter, uh, for the show, um, finding the fittest and finding the fittest was the show that aired on ESPN. Um, I know this was something that a lot of the community had no idea was coming. Um, and, uh, we, we certainly knew uh, a couple weeks out, but, uh, it wasn't encouraged for us to share anything about it because it wasn't technically official until uh, the final minute and CrossFit would have shared it and would have announced it and would have had other things to say, but they were also obligated not to share it until things were officially official. Um, But I got to spend a lot of time with the athletes. I got to interview athletes uh, before the competition started, Uh, during the competition, as they exited the floor. Some were after great finishes and some were after less than ideal finishes. It was a pretty tough gig because as an athlete, I actually understand um, what it's like to not perform at a high level and still need to give information, share information about my current status or my situation. I did this in college. I did it um, as a uh, arena football player. I also did it uh, in my CrossFit career as well. Um, and it comes with the territory. Um, I know that it's a hard situation for athletes to get into. I understand both sides of it. I understand that they might not want to share that information. And I also understand that it is information that the fans desire. And um, that's why they watch is to understand the storyline, whether an athlete's going through something great or, or, or something. Uh, that's a bit of a struggle. Um, they, they want to see it all and they want to know it all. Um, so it was a bit of an interesting role. I learned a lot. Um, my role felt short, uh, as you guys know about me, if you followed me for a long time, if you listen to my podcast, whether it's short format, um, inspirational episode in the form of rise pod, like, uh, or this, this, this podcast here, um, sorry. Um, but in in the form of a daily rise, or if it's more of a long format episode like this, where I'm talking programming, I'm talking code. And I'm talking sometimes the ins and outs of life and, and also my pursuit of, of spiritual wellness. Um, I like to share it all. I mean, if you know, if you follow me on Instagram at Adrian Conway underscore, uh, that my tagline there is faith, family, and fitness. Typically in that order. I haven't explored too much of the information that I share here on this podcast around my family, but eventually we will get there. I'm sure one day I'll be able to have my wife on as a guest and we'll talk about our marriage and the things that we explore and things that we do. But this episode specifically, folks, ain't about none of that. It's about the nerdy side of me, the geeked out side of me as a coach, uh, the one that intrinsically breaks down programming every time I see it. Where does it belong in the big picture? Where does it belong in the small picture? What is the intended stimulus or the intended test here. In this specific instance, of course, we know that Adrian Bosman and Dave Castro and the team that oversees the programming for the test at the CrossFit Games, they're not necessarily seeking a specific stimulus. This is overall a test. It's not a training progression um, where it is important to scale appropriately and important to have a, a perception or a vision for things in the future. Now, of course, there should be some intersection. There should be some observable and repeatable things that take place almost on an annual basis in the form of CrossFit. We we kind of visited some of that stuff uh, in the open this year as we we repeated even one of the tests there to kick the open off uh, from a previous year. But um, this year was very new. Uh, this year was uh, had a couple mo- things that would be uh, naturally benchmark ish, not necessarily traditionally, but from a benchmark perspective. I mean, we had the five k run, which I'll get to. We had the, uh, of course, the uh, the the total, the CrossFit Olympic weightlifting total with two attempts at a snatch, then two attempts at a clean and jerk, um, and, and we had, of course, Helena, which is a version of Helen, um, which was different than the original. Originally prescribed um, test or workout that existed as a benchmark girl workout named by Coach Glassman and created by him. So nonetheless, I want to kind of get in. We're going to jump right in. If you guys are listening to this podcast, I'll do my best to, of course, keep you in the loop at what we're seeing here on the screen. If you're watching this on YouTube, of course, you're going to get a chance to just. I'm going to share my screen so you'll, you'll you'll get to see just the programming up beside me um, as you know we go through this thing here. Um, but I'm going to just pull up what we've got and roll with it. So folks, essentially test number one was ride. Sean Woodland had probably one of the best taglines to start the CrossFit games. I'm quite sure he said, this will be our last kickoff in Madison CrossFit community. Let's ride. And if you missed it and I didn't get to hear it personally, because of course I was at work myself and I didn't, wasn't listening or watching the live broadcast, but, um, if that's in, in, in exactly his words, boy, what a legend. Of course, uh, kind of mimicking the Russell Wilson, let's ride, let's ride. Um, if you're not a football fan, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But let's get going. Uh, ride was complete as many laps as possible in 40 minutes on a track bike. Um, yeah, that's as simple as it was. It was literally a 40-minute AM lap, we will put it at. It was a single modality test. But there was running. So I want to be clear that there was about a 200 meter running portion where the athletes had to get off the bike, carry it or push it and and travel 200 meters. Now, let's say they did six laps, which was on the upper end of like the female side of achievement. Um, That's 1200 meters of running within that 40 minutes. So while to the naked eye, this looks like a single modality test. There was some running in there and it was with a strange object because really do we run pushing a bike or really do we run carrying a bike? But nonetheless, this was a great longer test to me. Um, There was certainly skill uh, on the bike. Uh, The better bikers seem to have won this test. Um, We had Yonikoski win it on the men's side and I think Emma Lawson on the female side. And um, it it was one of those things where... You know, there were strategy involved. Athletes got into small packs and they rode together. And then, of course, they hammered it down on the final lap. Um, but what a great way to kick off the CrossFit Games. To me, I love starting a test or an overall weekend of competition like this because it allows athletes to kind of work out. The, the jitters. Um, I, I'd personally love it if we didn't start like this all the time to switch it up, to test their psychology, um, a, as well as their ability to seize the moment when they're truly fresh. Like, well, let's just start with a max max lift. Let's, let's throw them that bone one year. Let's, let's really make this unknown and unknowable, um, in the form of storytelling and also in the form of the testing. Um, but we finished, we started there. So, so they're deep already, uh, in their aerobic base and with flexing new skills, we got into pig chipper. Now pig chipper took place at North park. It was an outside test, 10 pig flips, 25 chest to bar pull-ups, 50 toes to bar, 100 wall ball shots, 50 toes to bar, 25 chest to bar and 10 pig flips. Folks, uh, the pig is heavy. And it wasn't easy for anyone. I would say that it was almost easy for everyone in the first 10 pig flips. However, then you start to accumulate 25 chest to bar pull ups. Your grip is toast. Um, Chest to bar pull ups aren't hard in themselves for any of the CrossFit Games athletes. Then 50 toes to bar, also not hard for any of these athletes. 100 wall balls aren't hard typically, particularly at 20 and 14 pounds and at 9 and 10 foot target. However, after a 40 minute bike ride aggressively folks, this wasn't a leisurely ride or run that they took place in in test one. This accumulates a lot of fatigue really fast. Then they're only halfway. They go back 50 more toes to bar. I mentioned the 50 weren't a problem early. Now they're a bit more of a problem late We're accumulating and getting towards 100 repetitions. They're doing it in a short amount of time. And because of the chunks of the repetitions that it was prescribed at, it made these athletes have to make a lot of consideration, um, on the back half, how do they want to feel through these latter 75 reps before they get, back to the pig a lot of athletes also didn't think this through thoroughly they flew through the toes bar and flew through the chest bar and then well, guess what they did at the pig they started to pick it up they stood there and they stood still Emma Carey being one of them we watched it live right there on North Park of course I was about to have to pick someone to interview or be told who to grab for an interview for ESPN and Emma Carey came out a bit hot looking good Uh, but she, she flew through the gymnastics because she could just because you can, doesn't necessarily mean that you should, if you guys ever hear me, uh, have the capacity to commentate and you see me talking about a chipper like this, you're going to certainly hear that is probably one of my recipes for success because this is often the outlier or the dictator in the success, uh, and the outcome of this test is when do you gas pedal and when do you back off? Um, if you gas pedal in the middle just because you want to show everyone that you've got capacity at a particular movement, it's gonna really bite you for the part that costs the most time. This test reminds me a lot of the test from quarterfinals where athletes had to do bar muscle, or I think it was chest to bar pull-ups, bar muscle ups, and deadlifts. Um, And the deadlifts went up in weight, and of course they started with chest-to-bar, then they had to do bar muscle-ups, and then they had to climb rope. And the rope climb inevitably took the most amount of time. There were athletes who went really fast all the way to the rope and then went slow there and got passed by athletes who paced it appropriately. I love this test and comparing it to the one in quarterfinals because, again, a lot of it was lessons learned and the adaptability to make decisions on your feet, um, even when you don't want to. you got to swallow your humility early so that you can finish strong and fast on the back half. We did see athletes that paced it appropriately and were willing to pace slowly in the middle of the gymnastics, uh, particularly the last 50 toes to bar and the last 25 chest to bar and attack and absolutely slaughter the pig like Laura Horvath. Um, but nonetheless, I love this test. Uh, the men uh, seem to make slighter work of this of this test than the women um, in comparison to a particularly how they handled the pig. But that's expected um, just because we know tends to be generally upper body strength and pulling and hanging are going to be more of a, a male advantage uh, when it comes to pound for pound body weight and strength. But nonetheless, I love this test. Grip redundant, um, pacing tester, can can you eat your humble pie early so that you can succeed later? That is the question. And that was what was tested to me. Um, inverted medley. This is now in the Coliseum. The light is shining bright. Um, we got an introduction of a new movement. I'll read this through. If you guys are listening to the podcast, inverted medley was four time 30 foot unbroken handstand walk over the ramp. Okay. So in that particular section, you had to go unbroken. There was a tape line down after the ramp, eight free handstanding pushups. Those also had to be unbroken, right? Th- there was a section of four that you had to go unbroken. Then another section of four that you had to go unbroken. Then we got to unbroken obstacle steps to a 180 pirouette. Now, all this was is that you literally walked on your hands up some steps and at the end of the ramp, there was no down slope or down steps. It was that you just simply made a little pirouette and you could kick down. It wasn't highly judged. Um, It wasn't for style points. The 180 pirouette didn't need to look a certain way. It was like, once you got to the top of the obstacle in the square, it was over and you got down however you need to get down. A pirouette was the no brainer. Then we got 16 pullovers. Now, The 16 pullovers and the pullover was a new movement here. Never seen it before in a competition. Athletes had really no problem with it. There was a tremendous advantage, however, to the athletes that were able to cycle it quickly, Um, meaning that they had the the wherewithal and the ability to just do 16 unbroken, or maybe they did it in two sets. They were able to pull away and or gain some advantage or make up some ground on this movement. So I liked it because of that reason. Um, I also like it because it is a foundational gymnastics practice. It can lead to a lot more complex moves, um, a movement similar to this on the rings next year, perhaps, um, or, or, or something along those lines. Then after the pullovers, they started working their way back, unbroken obstacle steps to a 360 degree pirouette. So here was one of the biggest challenges where the athletes had to kick up onto, um, the apparatus, like the square without the back half of the step down or the ramp, And it was difficult because they were kicking to a handstand that was like 20 inches off the ground. Once they kicked up, then they did 360 and then they went down the steps after they got down the steps, there was another line, no problem. Then another four and four for the freestanding handstand push-ups, and then 30 foot unbroken handstand, um, ramp to finish. Now I I like this test. It was highly entertaining. Um, it was a test for many. Um, it, it, it was, it. It, it did turn into one of those things where it was like you either had capacity at this and you could go get it and race it or you were just kind of stuck at some of the skills. Um, I think it was worthy to be tested. I think that we had the pirouettes at semifinals, which was a good precursor to the capacity here. We had wall-facing handstand push up strict um, that were a precursor to this test. Um, and the freestanding handstand push-up took a great leap and bound forward in regards to the standard. There's no longer the the awkward, hard, uh, which seemed a bit subjective judging standard where it was hands on a line, head touch the ground, lock out your arms then hands to the next line, head on the ground, lock out your arms. It was just there was a square and a pad. Your head had to touch the pad. Your arms had to you, you, and your feet couldn't touch the ground anywhere in the square. So it was like, hey, if you handstand walk to the pad and then your head touched the ground and then your elbows touch your knees, you're still fine. You had to lock out your arms and continue to walk out of the square before your feet hit. That's all that mattered. It was simple. It was obvious and it was straightforward. Well done there team. Then on to day two, August 4th, we started with the alpaca redo. Um, and for those of you that don't know, this was a repeat from 2022, but of course the the test had to be changed tremendously due to wet conditions. It rained that day. Um, the test is as follows all for time, 126 foot sled push. The push starts real stinking heavy at six kettlebells in there, four hundred. 143 pounds total for the men or for the women, 546 pounds for the, for the men, they de-load a kettlebell, um, every segment. So it's like, boom, you walk the first segment, de-load two kettlebells, boom, walk forward to the next segment, de-load two more kettlebells, boom, walk to the final, de-load two more kettlebells. Then you're on to the rope, two legless rope climbs up and down. And they said to start seated and then lower themselves with control to a point. Then they could go down and do the work coming forward. They do 12 kettlebells hang clean and jerks. The load was 70 pounds for the men, 53 for the ladies. Um, after they finish the 12, they load it back into the sled, push the sled forward. Then they go back and do two more rope climbs, 12 more clean and jerks with the other kettlebells. After they finish those, load them into the kettle, the the, the sled pushed a sled forward, go back two more rope climbs. Then the final round is they advance to the final kettlebells, 12 more clean and jerks, load up the final and push a sled across towards the finish line. It was a doozy. It was dirty. I love this because again, even in comparison to the pig chipper, this is nasty and very grip dependent. Um, we'd already seen some people with their arms are tired. Their hands are tired. Uh, they might've been battling, um, you know, trying to avoid tears in their hands and this type of thing. Uh, due to the volume that they accumulated from the pig chipper. Um, And because it was hot, it was outside. Like you had to make some smart choices, but this was very metabolic. It was a hot day uh, for the alpaca redo Um, that the morning time was a hot one out there. And uh, you know, I'll say that it was, um, the, the two legless rope climbs that were, taken away last year in 2022, um, they were a complete game changer, which, which we assumed that, that would be the case. We assumed it would be the case. Um, we knew that some athletes would excel at this and the other athletes would struggle because of it. And there were some athletes, um, who completely blew up right? Try not again, just because you can, doesn't mean you should, or for this one, not even just because you can, doesn't mean you should. It's more so you can't run someone else's race. When there is legless rope climbs involved, you cannot let what I do dictate what you do. You need to personally be listening to your body, find your coach in the crowd. Your coach needs to be having you on a timer. You need to have, there needs to be ways that you explore this. So you know exactly when you're ready to go, because that rope, when you start it from a seated position, if it's 20 feet, it feels like 25. And if it's 15, it feels like 20. And there's no doubt about it. not to mention, of course, the grippiness that takes place when you're doing the kettlebell hang clean and jerk. So there are a lot of mistakes were made. Um, I I like that it was very performance, but also capacity dependent. Um, not like the creativity of Alpaca. I'm really glad they brought it back. And I say that because, um, we didn't get the real raw taste of it last year. I really wish we would have, but we didn't. So this was the next best decision decision. Great way to start day two, um, test number 4 I'm sorry, test number five was ski bag. This, this, this test has to be one of the most brutal tests uh, that I think we've seen at the CrossFit Games as to now, um, especially with those uh, with the capacity to finish this. Um, it, it seemed like it was a bit over for the female side. I only think four to five women finished this test. I got to go look back. So don't hold me to my word. But I think that when you have something uh, that's so simple by design and only few um, athletes finish it, uh, then it was a bit overdone, right? So maybe it wasn't time for the, the thoroughness of this or the most obvious thing that happened throughout the course of this weekend slash week is that why are women skiing the same calories as men? Why? When we know that pound for pound, they are significantly lighter and the time cap's still the same. It makes no sense to me, no sense to me that women are literally doing more work than the men because they don't have the same center. Of, they don't have the same body weight. So, so they shouldn't be doing the same amount of work on an earth because we know that size and weight help you on an erg anytime you're not moving your body through space. Um, and this shortened and cheapened the experience for the athletes and also for us as spectators. And I'm just giving my honest feedback. I would tell anyone that it's my opinion. Um, but I, I love the test as a whole, but to me, the lady should have been skiing maximum 24 calories in the first block. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me pump my brakes for a second. Ski bag is four times 30 calorie skier. 30 sandbag squats, 125 pounds for the female, 200 pounds for the men, then 20 calorie ski erg, and 20 sandbag squats for the, um, 20 sandbag squats, 125 and 200, still the same weight time cap was six minutes. But that being said, uh, the female should have skied 24 calories on the first one. And then on the second one, they probably should have skied 14, um, calories, maybe 16, um, or maybe 15 right? We could play with that number. But to me, it just shortens the work there so they can get uh, to the sandbag and have an opportunity more finished there. Um, Nasty. You could hold it on your shoulder. It's unilaterally. You could try to get it to your back if you wanted to, but it was heavy, particularly after what they already did, alpaca redo. And then again, think back, the pig chipper, 20 pig flips. If they finish that thing, that pig is heavy, folks. It's heavy, hundreds of pounds. So we've tested strength in in a couple different ways here already two days in, um, then finally we've got Helena again the improved um, or increased version of Helen that we know traditionally as a G, as a benchmark in CrossFit three rounds for time four hundred meter run twelve bar muscle ups and twenty one dumbbell snatches thirty five pounds for the women fifty pounds for the men those are alternating dumbbell snatches from the floor. Okay, my opinion on this test is I loved it. I love that it was uh, running dependent. Um, I, I, I loved that the 12-bar muscle-ups, I think almost everyone went unbroken, if not everyone went unbroken. And uh, the, the dumbbell snatches were my only slight consideration for tweaking. And I, I, I say that because if we take them out of the test, it might be the exact same results. To me, when you, take, when you can take a movement completely out of the test and it's the exact same results, I think we should change it. I think that if it was a 400 meter run and 12 bar muscle ups for time and the results would have been the same, there's some about that movement having been there that I I just don't know if it has its place. So, so for me, in my mind, right, I I don't think the men should have had to sling 70 pounds for 63 reps. And I don't think the lady should have to 50, but why don't we load it in an odd way? Why don't the men do 60 pounds and why don't the women do 45? Right. And I say that because again, then this creates this discussion for think outside of the margins, think outside of the traditionally prescribed weights, do things differently. Would they have gone unbroken? Absolutely. Might it have changed the ability to do 12 unbroken bar muscle ups? Perhaps. I don't know. Could it have slowed the 400 meter run? I don't know. And I'm not saying this was wrong the way it was programmed. I'm not saying anything that I have a critical perspective on is wrong. That's ignorant and arrogant for someone to say. But I'd like to change it up just a little bit. And I want to see the load increase just a touch. 60 pounds for the snatch for the men and 45 for the ladies. Personal opinion. Six tests in, folks. This is where the cut was made. Was the cut justified here? Absolutely. See ya. Pack your bags. Your CrossFit Games is over. I know it sounds heartless. I mean, it's a CrossFit Games, folks. It's 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 a test. It's not like let's be friends and let's let you take twelve tests. Nah, man. Let's cut this field and tell the real story. If you ain't if you're not balling by the time we get through these six tests and you're not in contention for the for the top thirty, I'm sorry, but it's it's time for you to go. You got to do six tests. You got to play for two days. You got all. CrossFit, right? Straight up. We did a bike with a run in it. We did a pig chipper grip hinging redundancy. We did inverted medley. If you got skills, then pay those bills. We got alpaca redo, which was high capacity, yet high self-awareness and pacing um, with an emphasis on gymnastics, but also external loading. Good night. Odd object even thrown in there. Ski bag was just dirty. If you're strong and you want to say with onus that, hey, there should be a 100 max tested. There should be cyclical strength tested before we make cuts. Show me on the ski bag. Show me on the ski bag. Show me on the pig chipper. If you're strong in the absence of being out of breath and you don't belong at the CrossFit games, if that's your only trick, if that's the only trick you got in a bag. See ya don't care to see it. Helena, old school, traditional benchmark, go run cuts are made down to 30 August 5th, kick it off with a cross country 5k. Look, we got some of the best athletes in the world. It's phenomenal. The things that they do. Um, we knew who was going to come out gunning. and we knew yellow Hosta was going to kill it. Jeff Adler though. Ugh. I mean, for him to win, for him to win the way he did Helena it it, it it was so perfect because it really reminded me of the way Justin Medeiros in 2021 won the final and kind of put an exclamation on it. The way Jeff Adler won the benchmark that was presented at the CrossFit games in 2023 was the exclamation point on his CrossFit games. When he did that, it was like, okay, okay, he's there. He's there. And then he came out the next morning and then, and I knew he was going to run well. I know he'd been training with Chris Henshaw. I know that was his guy. I know he's been working on, um, with due diligence, the pacing and awareness and everything, um, the way he ran the 5k and didn't kick to finish. He wasn't tempted to try to go get the W. He just knew what he wanted to do and where he needed to be. Mm, flawless execution. The 5k was a 5k simple. It does be long. single modality there, pure single modality. Um, you know, we see a lot of running at the CrossFit games and we should, we're humans were by pedal. I'm, I'm never going to knock that. Um, if at any time it gets overly redundant, if we're, if we're running all the time in every test, it's tough. But when you when you talk about 12 round-rounded tests, which we had this year, and you see running in one, two, three tests, a quarter of them, 25% of the 12, cool. I'm I'm down with it. I don't want to see him on a erg. I'm at the crosser games. They already busted out the bike. Cool. Lovely. Then intervals. We got mixed modal, no external loading to be found. Intervals was two intervals for time. 21 box jump overs, 20 inches for the women, 24 for the men, 15 calorie row. Here we go again, right? Reduce the calories for the women, folks. Reduce the calories for the women, folks. 21 box jump overs. Sorry. 15 calorie row. Uh, I would say it should have been 12 for the women. Nine burpee box jump overs, 21 box jump overs, 15 calorie row. Nine burpee box jump overs and then the burpee box jump overs folks are at 36 inches for the women and 48 for the guys. So it's a burpee box. Get over not jump over. This is something that needs to be refined. and needs to be improved. Don't tell me that you should define it as a burpee box jump over when you just did box jump overs. But now on this burpee box jump over, you're letting them use their hands. Why don't you just call it a burpee box get over and that get over term allows us to then Understand when we read it that we're going to be able to use our total body to get ourselves over the object It's simple and it's creating categories, which is essential for good programming because we've got to be able to track it Remember, this is part of our methodology. This is part of the programming lecture that we teach We've got to it doesn't we all don't have to see things eye to eye But we've got to be able to partition and place things where they belong. So it's quantifiable we can't know where we need to go in the future unless we know where we've been. Details matter if you can't pick up on the sequence of these intervals, folks, it's like this nine, right It kind of blows your mind, but it's really simple it's it's simple it's easy um they get through that basically that 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 you know, sequence. And if they finish at four 30, or if they finish at four minutes, or if they finish at five minutes, they get until the six minute mark. And once it hits six, they're going back the other way. Nine, 15, 21, nine, 15, 21. I love this again, because there was an athleticism component. There was a strategic component, particularly for the box jump overs. Now here's what I don't like. Okay. The standard for the box jump overs was they had to step down. Why are we doing this at the CrossFit games? Why are we doing this? I don't understand. You are now taking away and I and I, listen, you you can standardize anything. So again, this is my opinion, folks. I say things with a lot of conviction and I speak with conviction because I'm a passionate human. I hope that no one's offended by the way that I present this information, but also I hope people are kind of offended by the way I present this information. Often when they feel something, they want to change something or when they feel something, they want to address something. And if you want to come at me and combat my stance on particular things, I would love it. But For right now, it is my podcast, and I'm by myself, so I'm shooting it like I want to shoot it. The intervals, to take away the ability to rebound, then takes away an opportunity for me to create separation from you. You might say, Adrian, they're protecting the athletes from themselves. Cool deal. So let's let's go ahead and take out butterfly work for all pull-ups then. If we're protecting the athletes from themselves. Let's not do things like put sandbags on the opposite side of a log because it could potentially be dangerous, protecting the athletes from themselves. Let's not rebound double-unders. Let's not ever take off off of a single leg in the future, which I would hate to see not happen. Folks, there are so many considerations we can make for protecting athletes. Our athletes need to be able to bound. It's a part of athleticism. Don't take that away from them. Let them choose. If they choose to risk bounding and they don't train it appropriately or have the appropriate hamstring stability, a lot of times the 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 original problem um, for lower body, lower limb, strains, pulls, tears, and rebounding is that they have instability all the way up through the, the top of the hamstring and the hip right? So glutes, hamstrings, RDLs, single leg RDLs, balance side to side, lateral movement, all these things can minimize and mitigate the risk for all this. This is a completely different discussion than what I should be having. So I apologize, but let the athletes choose, let them create separation where they, where they want to in a test like this. It's so simple. Give them an opportunity to, but that being said, you had to step down fast. Cool. That's a skill. I'll learn it. Other athletes will learn it, maybe. But no, no one passed anyone at that portion, and it could have happened. It could have happened. It could have been another exciting aspect of the test. Instead, when you got to the box, if you were one box jump ahead, wasn't nobody passing you. It was just going to be what it was. It was almost like synchro box jump overs. Um, I will tell you the burpee box get overs, the burpee box get overs, which is what they were. um, Those involved some strategy, right? Um, And I say that because there were athletes that had small, small hesitations that they made. Um, Some athletes that were almost more in this suicide pace when they got to the high box, which paid them it, um, it paid off for them because they were getting their hands and their body to the ground quicker, every repetition and over the nine and over the course of the, of the total of, of 18 or, or, or 36 that took place throughout the whole test, they were able to create and gain some advantage. Um, I will say, I like this test because of the pacing and self-awareness. I want to say something that stood out to me was the fact that Emma Carey and Emma Lawson uh, went, went one and two on this um, as teens. The high work capacity that they have in the absence of load and the high self-awareness they have on a test where you got to stop and go, rest and go, restart at some point is dangerous because being the youngest women in the field that competed this year, there two things are for sure. Um, Olivia Kerstetter too, as well. Sorry to, to not leave her in here, but this is the discussion because I was impressed with the way they attacked this is that, you know, um, their gymnastics are certainly going to get better and their strength is certainly going to go up. But for them to be able to pace a simple workout like this and have their sufferability be so high, that's danger to, to the field. That's a, that's a true danger to the field because they got it and they just got to put some pieces in there and plug them and grow them. And that's that's just going to happen over time. Olympic total. Um, I like the test. Wasn't that exciting. It wasn't Saturday night for me. Um, I got to cover this test. Here Here's what made it hard for me to cover this test. It was 20 seconds of lifting. Right. Um, In case you guys don't know how this works when you cover things, but like Sean Woodland is the play-by-play. I offer value by being able to give a little bit of me, give a little bit of my experience, whether it's a coach, a level one instructor, whether it's my competition experience, whether it's my strength conditioning knowledge within the adaptations that take place or the things that are demanded of an athlete from a physiological or psychological standpoint. When it comes to these tests, I can dive in and give give value. With 20 seconds per lifter with a play-by-play that is extremely important, Sean Woodland is the best to do what he does, hands down. Not even close. I don't want to talk over that man as he's describing to you um, that Chandler Smith is going for a clean and jerk here and he's sitting up. And I also don't want to just belabor my tone and be talking over what's happening there uh, in itself. So, with that being said, and because the clock never stopped, which meant every 20 seconds, someone could be lifting and you could be pulling the bar off the floor as 20 seconds expired. There were times when two athletes were actually lifting at the same time. It was really tight. It was hard to add value. Here's where I'll say it was least exciting. The format that was presented is because we saw amazing things like Jack Farlow hit records that had never been touched in our, in our space. He was the first one to go in his heat though. Then we had another 19 lifters left or, or, or 14 lifters left some of which were really, really stinking impressive, but the crowd had already been fully aroused by old Jack Harlow, Jack, Jack Farlow. (laughs) Sorry, Jack. Um, And because of that, because of that, it reduced the excitement that we saw from the other lifts. We got to switch it up. This was a good testing format. I like that they only got two attempts. I liked that the pressure was hot and it was heavy. What I don't like is that on Saturday night, it was like we kind of lifted with, it just didn't get, it didn't, it didn't get the people going, right? The sequence of the sandbags, the elimination process that takes place when we really think these things through, um, a speed ladder, bring them back, bring them back folks, bring back the speed, snatch ladder, speed, clean and jerk ladders where we, where we eliminate people that gets the people going. We need to see the weight, start light, build to heavy athletes get eliminated and let's knock the roof off next year. Um, with whatever we do whatever we do. we go heavy on Saturday night. Um, Sunday final day. There was another cut after the Olympic total. We are down to the top 20 in the world. Thorough test. Hey, if you ain't around by this time, don't be sad. Don't be mad. Get fitter. Muscle up logs. What a way to start the day. Five rounds for time. Seven muscle ups. One sandbag. So the sequence of this, folks, if you didn't watch it yet, go please go watch it. It is one of the best tests that I've ever seen play out, in my opinion. I'm ex- extremely heartbroken by it. This is the one Roman hurt his foot on. No, folks, it wasn't on a sandbag. He landed on the ground. Period. Bottom line: the sandbag had no role. The sandbags on the ground had no role with his injury. Let's just make sure everyone's on the same page there. Go watch the footage. He lands awkwardly, um, and anyways. Look, the athletes jumped up seven ring muscle-ups. They walk to a sandbag, one of five that was out there. They pick up the 150, they put it over this log. The log is about five feet uh, or four and a half feet or something like that. They put it over that thing. Then they pick it up and they walk to the next log, put it over that one. That one's five feet. Then they walk, pick it up, put it over the last one. The last one's five and a half feet. Once they get it over that... They've got to go over the logs on the way back. So a lot of throughout a lot of this test, they're up and over these logs every time they throw a bag and every time they pass a log on the return. They do four rounds of this, and then the final round is a heavier bag—two hundred pounds for the men and one twenty-five for the ladies. Again, we're building up fatigue. We're we're testing their ability to continue to go big on a high skill like the like the seven ring muscle ups. Um, here's what I'll say: uh, in in the in. In, in the understanding and the way I saw this test, it was like, yo, if you don't go and broken on the muscle ups, you're out of contention. The truth, however, is that if you could have busted your butt and you would have been intentional with like busting your tail back to the rings, because not everybody had urgency in that transition and getting to work right away, you could have easily just broken them up five and two or four and three and not have been a problem. Like a short rest there would have not cost you, especially in like the latter two rounds, to be quite frank. Um, and it was because of where there was so much lost time in the transition of this test. I love these type of tests for real competitors because they find time. They find a way to create separation versus everyone else who's only out there to survive um, and doesn't know their fitness, doesn't know how to push the margins of where they can excel and where they need to slow down. Um, they get dusted. And and the, the people that are um, the ones making out like kings and queens aren't that much fitter than them. They just attacked it in a smarter way, right? A little less, a little more relentless um, is the way that they went after it. And they didn't have to work that much harder to. They just were smarter about when they rested or when they went fast versus when they went slow. Um, then we make our way into the Coliseum. Only two tests left, folks. Hang with me. Parallel bar pull. Um, eight rounds for time, down and back, P bar traverse. Um, this was cool because they had to literally turn on the P bars and that looked like it was difficult for some people. Um, no one really struggled and like this held them up, but it accumulated over time for sure. Their, their triceps already being smoked after a a week long of competing 30 heavy, uh, 30 heavy rope double unders, which was a non issue. Um, to be honest, I'd have loved to see the crossover heavy dubs back or the crossover dubs back. Um, And I say that because I I know that they could have executed them this year at a high skill. And I think it would have been a beautiful opportunity for everyone to see like, hey, check this out. Even if it was 20, right? To, To me, this is where this test could have been better is you've got this new apparatus where the athletes put their feet in. They're seated for the rope pulls. I love it. But that turn that 30 heavy rope double unders into 20 crossover double unders and utilize this as an opportunity to show when you push the community. And yes, we had a bit of a snafu. Hey, not all the athletes got a chance to do that. Not all the athletes could do it, but some did some did. And that justified it, but it was an overall step like you know like i said about the ski bag test the ski bag test versus that skills medley last year was different the skills medley last year increased in difficulty throughout each test which eliminated athletes we weren't asking all the athletes to try it they didn't all get an opportunity to try it it's just like making a lift heavier not everyone get a ch- gets a chance to hit the hit the hit the load right And that's how we eliminated them. Um, We shouldn't hide behind that in the skills test. The parallel P-bars was an opportunity for us to bring it back. And I guarantee you the athletes would have answered the call. Um, Now the final. Oh, and I'm sorry. This was eight rounds. And it was one section hand-over-hand sled pull. So what what that looked like, folks, was that uh, the athletes did a hand-over-hand sled pull, one full section. Um, Then they went back and started their next round. You know, P-bar out and back. Then a 30 heavy... Double unders. Then they pulled it another section. They did that for four rounds, and then they had to uh, detach their rope and attach it to the final sled. And the final sled was a little further away, but it was the same sequence: four rounds to finish. This helped the audience follow along and, and really build urgency as they did this. But of course, the moment that I think everyone remembers, uh, aside from even how this played out, because I forget, um, was of course Roman out there jumping on one leg, trying to do the double unders on a single leg. Um, just, just amazing. Um, very inspiring people say what they want about how they let them take the floor. And I say, you let them take the floor Um, echo thruster final. What a disgusting way to finish the CrossFit games, um, which I love. I feel like if it's ever close enough to be a bloodbath, it should be. Um, We're not just testing raw capacity. We're testing mental fortitude, Um, your ability to lean into suffering, to understand where you meet your true physical limitations. Um, And if you're willing to go there, uh, do you want to be a champion enough? Do you want to be top three enough? Do you want to be top 10 enough? Like these are questions that you should have to ask yourself before you take the floor on a final. I, I love it because of that. 21, 18, 15, Echo Bike Calories and Thrusters. Now, the thrusters went up in weight. The men's weight started at 115. So 21 cows, then 115 pounds, 21 thrusters, 85 for the ladies the women, excuse me. Then 135 pound on 18s for the men, 95 for the women. Then the final was 155 for the men, 15 reps and 105 for the women, 15 reps. After they finished those 15, they had 66 foot of overhead walking lunges at that load, 155 and 105. It was a great way to finish. Um, You know, there was a lot of drama that had to be played out, but the test in itself was Dirty. This was only our second test of 12 with a barbell at this year's CrossFit Games. We had the Olympic total come on Saturday night, and we had the final on Sunday evening. Other than that, no barbells were in sight, which is a beautiful thing. It teaches us a lot about the way we program, how often we use barbells in our affiliates. And it brings some things to question. Should we be investing more in external loading objects, new and different ways, sandbags, more sandbag variations, different kettlebell um, loads at at the the affiliate level, more, more dumbbells and more availability, more of these things in our programming. So we can train unilaterally. We can train in awkward real life positions. Uh, Not everything is beautiful and as streamlined as a barbell. I love barbells myself. Um, but we've always known too, that barbell sports are for a specifically built, um, you know, individual within this, within this world. It's the same reason that the common stature for an Olympic weightlifter is short, long torso with short, with short levers, short arms and short legs. Uh, they, they can optimize moving a bar around their body, keeping it close to the frontal plane and having success with it. Um, I like that we don't we only see it a couple times because I think this allows different body types to excel. Um it allows raw capacity to excel. Um, and uh when we see that I think this year, I, I don't know for the female side, but I know for the male side, it's the largest the athletes had ever been. You know, the average size of this year's CrossFit Games athlete was like 5, 10, 5, 11, 204 pounds. Um, those were very large humans. Um, just five years ago at the CrossFit games, you know, all the way back in, in 2016, um, that'd have been a, that'd have been a pretty large athlete. Not, not, not everybody was, was walking around that large in stature or with that kind of load, but overall of the 12 tests, I I, I loved this CrossFit games. I honestly think it was one of the better, uh, CrossFit games. Um, in my opinion now, of course it's, um, I'm biased. I tend to look at these things. Holistically, I don't have any horses in the race. Right. And, and what I say by that is that there are a lot of people with horses in the race or, or preferential things like people, people really get caught up in what they think CrossFit is or what they think CrossFit should be. Go back and read fitness in 100 words. That's CrossFit. Right. It's constantly very functional movements executed at high intensity and if, if, if you want to have an opinion on what, what should be tested and what shouldn't be tested, you should certainly own and know what CrossFit is. If you want to have validity in your arguments, your statements, your stances, um, if you want the test to always be like it was or something that it once was, you're, you're, you're whiffing tremendously. Um, it's one of those things where we can be nostalgic and we can want to revisit tests. I think we should, I think we should probably do it more often. To be honest, uh, we, we hit, we hit, we hit the alpaca redo this year. Um, I hope there's some kind of redo next year from this year. I really do. Or or maybe two years ago. Um, I will, I'll tell you this looking ahead. Uh, folks. We're coming up on 10 years since Rich Froning was an individual competitor 2014. So we're entering the 2024 season. <laughs> The 2014 CrossFit Games were one of my favorite programmed CrossFit games ever. Ever, we had the sled down and back. We had the triple threes. We had the muscle up biathlon. We had the swim that included like the thruster and the kettlebells at the beach that year. Um, Oh my goodness! We had the overhead squat max in the in the coliseum in the stadium in the tennis stadium. Oh my goodness. Uh, we had of course a double grace to finish. We had the overhead squat, um, high rope climb couplet as the second to last test. Uh, we had the, what did we have that morning? It could have been, I think it might've been that overhead walking lunge, right? The mid, the, uh, midline madness with the GHD sit-ups and the overhead walking lunge. I think that was Sunday morning. Um, But wow, that was that was one of my one of my favorite program. We had push pull on Saturday night. Oh, my. Come on, people. 2014. Let's 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 just run that whole year back. Let's run it back. Let's run that back and see what happens. Um, I particularly think that could be the case if no individual athletes were present from that year, meaning that like none of the elites, the 40 and the 40 competed then. If they compete in 2014, let's not do it. But if they did, let's just run it back. Let's just straight run it back. Let it be a benchmark year, 10-year celebration since the GOAT uh, compete as an individual and I'm just being biased around my mouth at this point, folks, this was a podcast episode where I wanted to review the games programming, give you some of my opinions about it, the way it played out, the things that I thought were great, the things that I thought could have been different or slightly changed. And of course, all in all, it is simply my opinion. We're all entitled to one. So if you don't agree with me, it's all good. We can still be friends and we can still talk programming. We can still talk mindset. And hopefully, um, this podcast, uh, Ryzen pod can be an inspiration and, uh, a challenging one to you. And I say that because, you know, I created this channel so that I could express myself, so that I could share my opinions, but also so that I could, um, inspire you to change and grow and learn. Um, and if I can be the catalyst of that, then I'm doing exactly what I dream to be doing. So I appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Um, stay tuned. I'll hit you with some more short format podcasts in the form of the daily rise once or twice a week, starting back on the grind next week. I'll see you guys.